Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Good morning and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNetWest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com. Of course, the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Good morning, Joey Pyburn. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, well, first, let's, let's talk about our crab program and how well it worked. And we didn't so, know how uh, it was going to be. You're right. You're, you're because, right. Because, you know, we had the, the uh, tribal fishery. They had to go and go and go and go because they weren't catching that many crab and filling their quota. So we didn't know what it was going to be like. We went out there. We dropped pots just a little deeper maybe than some folks. We had by far the – I I mean, our bait was amazing. There, You're, you brought tuna, heads which, and carcasses which, which and Which was just absolutely cheap. And I brought those – our crab pucks, raised bait stuff. And, dude, our pots were just full of nice crab. And good size. And, yeah. and, and, and again yesterday too. So, um, you know, at least in, you know, areas – you know, eight and nine, um, there's the crabs, the crab are doing fine. Yeah. Believe me. It's, it's, it's and it been, wasn't just us. I had plenty of reports no, from no, lots of our friends who had not. really good crabbing. So yep, it uh, was nice to see. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, obviously last week we came to you, uh, live and on location from Port of Everett so we could, uh, go bomb pots. And then, uh, and then we got to go mess around in the bubble. Yep, and uh, ended up having a you know pretty interesting day there in the bubble, and you know got a, got a couple decent fish, and should have had a couple more. And then we go there yesterday with kind of the same program, and the bubble just fell right on its face. <laughs> it was just, it yeah. was, it was, it was. Well, it's that's what it is. It's it is. the bubble. It's, it's I mean, a boom, and, and sometimes the bubble booms, and sometimes the bubble busts. And, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yesterday was the latter. But we had, uh, yeah, we we had some uh, the, the Smokercraft family out with us yesterday, which was great family, very very cool kids, and. And, Smart uh, kids, really? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And and just were all over the crab program. Nick Kester helped us out. We actually, you know, uh, teamed up on a group of twelve yesterday of uh, you know three rivers marine dignitaries, uh, yes. shall we say? So, but uh, absolute fun trip. Uh, meanwhile, um, the the bigger issues at hand are to everybody that's heading up to Baker Lake today. Go get them. You well, gotta, you better all you better already be there. Yeah, Nelly. Yeah, In exactly. fact, you're <laughs> limited out already. Yeah, probably. It's six o'clock. They're done. A record number of sockeye transferred to the lake. Over fourteen thousand sockeyes up in there. Uh, last Saturday was obviously uh, July first. You know, one of our absolute favorite months of the year, which also brought with it the, the Marine Area Eleven opening, which was solid but not as slam dunk up to the elbows that the June fishery was. That's fine. However, if you wanted slam dunk up to your elbows, areas six and five. I've never seen Chinook catch rates over a fish a rod. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's that's a blood those that's are, a that's a bloodbath. And we know those are, you know, those are not fish that are gonna they don't stay turn in, around no. and head back <laughs> out and go to the Columbia. Those are our fish coming in. Yeah. And and uh that's nice to hear. You know, 
that resident coho fishery is pretty interesting to me because now guys are starting to catch like <laughs> the occasional seven pound well, fish, and- a lot of five pound fish, and. And we've heard of some like ocean, true ocean coho yes. already swimming around. My uncle Ray got two of them. Yeah, yeah, it, which is great. And and the, so the, my first mention of that was was our friend Gabe Miller, who's in, in Area Eleven. We spoke to him just just before we cracked the mics here this morning, you know. And he made me aware that there was some five six pound coho down Marine Area Eleven in June. <laughs> and I, dude, when's the last time that happened? So. So it's it's gonna it already is off. Summer's off already off. The salmonid summer, I should say, right, is already off to a great start. And and uh, you know you saw it up in Sitka. I saw it in the Queen Charlotte's. We uh, are gonna head up at the end of this month and uh, and go to Rivers Inlet. Neither of us have been up there before. We're gonna no. go up. We're gonna go up as guests of FinBayLodge.com, and and Mick Heath is gonna join us on the show today. You know, we've every everybody that's listening to the show has heard of, heard of Rivers and Letter where what it is is just you know that it's it's huge Chinook Central, and the time of year you want to be up there is you know August, right? And so uh, we're actually going to take off uh, two weeks, three weeks from Monday, on the thirty first, and, and go on up there. We can't wait for that. And Joey, Joey has some idea of what baits that he might want to bring up there. Yeah. And so we're going to be we're going to be uh, Canadian herring smugglers and smuggle herring <laughs> across the border. Well, and for years. Um, Obviously, you know, the the accounts that we supply, they start getting asked for big, you know, black or purple herring, and then bigger anchovies, like more in that six-inch range. Uh, and the guys go up there and, and run that big bait. And we know the Certix. They, they fished up there for many, many years. And, and uh, my friend Dick Cook, I don't know, he's probably been up there 40 times. He goes every year. And... This is one of the last places where you can go and you have a chance of hooking into a 50, 60, 70 plus pound Chinook. Yeah, without question. I mean, just as recently as four or five years ago, they they you know, they released an 80 something, right? Jeez. So and, and and so in talking to our friends at Peregrine Lodge, that run of huge Chinook is still happening up there, right? And so and this is kind of now we're coming in that July time frame and, and Robbo will tell you the same thing from Southeast from Craig is they get some massive Chinook up there in, in July. And so most a lot of those fish, you know, some of them are headed for the Skeena drainage, but a lot of them are headed for those rivers in that that complex. So so we you know we're we're very, very excited to get on up there. But again, Peregrine Lodge again with fifties. Peregrine Lodge again with with forties with this week too. So if you got an opportunity to go up there and experience of Queen Charlotte's this year. I just cannot emphasize that more. But there's fish here too, man. And, and talking to Mikey Lawrence yesterday, you spoke to him as well. We both mm-hmm. been the deal at Nia Bay and now the ocean not only is open seven days a week, but it's two, two Chinook, Chinook a day out of out of uh, area four Nia Bay and out of area three La Push. And uh and but the, the the slam dunk Chinook drill on the coast right now has to be Westport. Yeah, it's it's huge numbers. Yeah, I mean and, crazy and, numbers and what, good what size. Was it twelve? Were the twelve hundred anglers twelve eighty with eight hundred eight hundred and sixty Chinook? Yeah, I mean <laughs> you just don't. We don't hear about that. You I don't. mean, in the five years I've, I've been doing the show with you guys, I have not seen a coastal report like that. Those kind of numbers. So we are in breathless anticipation of our marine area seven, nine, and ten open. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and, and just saying that my heart rate just jumped up, right? And it ain't because of caffeine, baby. It's because of the Chinook, you know, is, is it, it's going to be, it's going to be a great opener. It, the tides are set up really, really nice. You know, 
if I could dial in that opening day ebb to just be an hour later, you know, that'd be awesome. But it lines up really, really well on the opener and on Friday and on Saturday. And a week from today is a dog derby. And talking to Cameron Foster, we could still use another boat for the dog derby. So if you want a couple of University of Washington football players on the boat, Come join us next Saturday at the Port Everett and uh, go to go to dogderby.com and get a hold of uh, Cameron Foster, who's a uh, sports agent that, that you know is working with all these kids to, to, to take them fishing. It benefits the University of Washington, uh, the NIL deal, the Name Image Likeness Program at the at the institution. And, uh, you know, you get to hang out with some football players. And, and we'll make sure you get a bunch of swag and For sure. yeah. gear and, and, and stuff. And, 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 and we're going to kind of have a captain's meeting on the dock for next Friday night. We'll Port, dial you out. Port we'll Everett. Tell you- Hopefully by that point, Nellie and I know exactly where those <laughs> creepy Chinook well, are and at, how to get them. After a couple of days on the water, I think we'll be uh, three quarters to full dialed in. And so then we're going to go down to the dock and share a lot of information with people. You're going to bring some bait down. We'll probably have some extra gear for guys, too, just to kind of line you up, get you ready. But it's uh, it, it's fun because it's that when you send 20 boats out on, on a fishery like that, the amount of information you get coming back just rocket propels you into the rest of the season it's uh you know gonna be so much fun just can't wait for that and and uh but now that it, you know be, be be careful what you wait for what you wish for because you know this is this is the time where july just somebody just flips a switch and all of and a sudden it, it's August. It's, yeah it's over yeah it goes so fast so yeah. take take advantage of every opportunity you got guys um you know and I always, at this point, with the opener like this, I know anybody who can take the day off and, and has a boat and they're going to be out on the water. But fish these openers because yeah, in like in Area 7, we have a three-day scheduled opener with po- the possibility of, of another three days maybe or another couple days. But we don't know that. So uh, if if you love fishing your, you know, your Area 7, you better be up there on the opener and fish. Get your days in. Yeah, for sure. That's – and. I, I couldn't say it any better myself. So let's let's get up and you know, <laughs> there's, there's going to be a lot of people on the water on Thursday. And you know what? That's, I, that's I just can't fine. wait to that's see. Just fine. I can't, I'm looking and I can't to wait it. to see people catch fish and and just have a great time out on the water. So Dave Johnson, Kitsap Marina, going to jump in. Um, is, uh, middle of this hour, we're going to talk a little bit about that ocean fishery. He's been spending some time at Nia Bay. He's got his finger on the pulse up and down the coast. You're going to jump in and talk to us about that and. Kind of a brand new cool halibut opportunity, too. Of course, the aforementioned Mick Heath, FinnBayLodge.com, Rivers Inlet, first massive monster masher Chinook of the year. Then you have but to look at the DART data access and real-time Columbia River fish migration page to see that the Columbia River sockeye are here at the party. They are, and they're they're coming in over forecast, which is great. It's it's bumping some limits over there, the Han- Hanford Reach. They're up to six fish now. Uh, and in the 725, we will have our friend Austin Mosier who jump also, who, on. Who He's fish. over there on the fishery, <laughs> always dialed in. And he, he had our friend Kevin Gogan on board the last couple of days. So that should be fun. Yeah, Kevin brought a bunch of his freaking former uh, former Oakland uh, Oakland Raider um, teammates. Yes. Yeah, and I believe it was Oakland. Yeah, it was Oakland when he was there. Yeah. So, and, and so, yeah, and so Austin's probably has a couple uh, couple war stories from having a, having it was a load funny. of he, NFL he linemen said to on his me, boat. I would tell them to do this, but they would do the exact opposite. He goes, and I thought because they're football players, they'd be coachable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask Don James about that. You know, <laughs> how coachable Kevin was. Uh, All right. Uh, so we're going to pop out of a quick break. All right. Um, if you read Andy Walgamot's column, you will see that he announced um, the Baker Lake opening. He also alluded to, in his words, a bit of a kerfuffle. 
We're going to kind of fill you in between the lines here, gang, because we need to ask more of a couple NGOs that provided guidance to the department. What am I talking about? Give me 90 seconds. We're right back on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710, Seattle Sports app. And uh, Joey Pyburn to my left, Matt Nelson running the board to my right. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, here we go. So last year, Baker Lake opened up. This weekend, the first Saturday after July 4th holiday, with two fish. And we, we joking, jokingly told our guys, hey guys, Baker Lake's open. There's a spawning pair There's of a, sockeye up there. Go, go, go get them. Yeah, go get them. Go get them. So now this year, there's a record number of fish, 14,645, according to the uh, Baker River Returns page on WDFW.wa.gov. And so, after a midweek meeting where WDFW met with CCA and PSA, the recommendation from these groups was to not open it. Yeah, keep it keep it keep closed. It closed. Just keep it closed. And, and because people had already planned and had reservations for the fifteenth, I mean, that's you know, I understand that. But guess what? You can keep your plans. Yeah. Just, and let other people have some plans to go fish early on the, this amazing fishery that we have. We have a bunch of fish up there. They're put there for people to catch. Yeah. They're caught. These are sockeye that are caught in a trap, put in a truck, basically taken to another trap, Baker Lake, where they can't go anywhere. And then there you go, guys. That's great opportunity. Go, go get them. You're, if, if you're conducting public policy in, 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 a, in a fair, open, transparent manner— and you have a run of fish that is not a conservation concern. It's not an ESA concern. There are no co-manager concerns associated with this. And you cite campsite reservations as your primary motivator to keep this fishery closed. So CCA and PSA will have you believe that they passionately advocated for the early opening of this fishery. Okay, let, let's just it, set, set this against the backdrop of what was lost in Marine Area 7. Right mm-hmm. now, we've got three days of salmon fishing scheduled in, in Marine Area 7 right now. Okay, yep. Now, I think we're going to get more. There's a bit of a... But right now, there's three on the schedule. So how significant is a week of opportunity on Baker Lake? It's very significant. So and when I heard this... And let's also mention, let's look at what we lost on the Sky Comish, yeah, right? Right. Our, our whole summer Chinook fishery there. So, and you could ask where PSA and CCA were on that too. But let's just put yeah, a, put, okay. a, put a put a pin in that one for a minute. Okay. So now I, I hear from I, I hear from my sources in the department that there's going to be a meeting, and CCA and PSA are going to be in there. I think fine, good, okay. Those guys got our backs. All right. Then I hear after the meeting, well, we all just agreed to keep it closed. And at that point, the lava is starting to flow right. And you start seeing lava domes like you did at mm-hmm. Mount St. Helens, and and here it comes. Okay, so then well, then, and you and I call each other, and we're yelling at oh, each other, screaming at each other. Just we're so fired. So up. you opened up the fishery last year with two spawning pairs, and now there's a record number in the lake, and you're going to keep it closed. Where's the consistency? Where's the? I mean, there's absolutely none of that anywhere. Okay, so so here so when you have two groups that fundraise with 
more passion than they advocate for angler opportunity, opportunity you've got a big problem here. Mm-hmm. And and Puget Sound Anglers and CCA absolutely 100% let us down. If they were passionately advocating for the fishery, then why at the end of that meeting was this fishery still closed? Because I feel like the department was ready. They were ready to op- to go ahead with this, you know, early opening. Well, they just needed some they just wanted somebody to say, "Yeah, of course, do it." Why they had PSA and CCA there when they have a Puget Sound Rec Fish Advisory Board, um, Mark Balzell, not a Puget Sound Marine Sport Fishing Advisory Group. You sit on that that board. Your job is to help the department in these decisions, not just in the salt water, but in salt in, in salt and fresh, salt and, and fresh water. And, and so, and then it was so. So at a meeting subsequent on Thursday afternoon, I was told by the person you just mentioned, the Puget Sound salmon manager, that no, this is just a marine group. In my in in, in my view, it was completely inappropriate for WDFW to meet with NGOs and not meet with the director appointed advisory board that has duties in salt and fresh water. Oh man, there's it's... a whole lot here. That yeah. is absolutely problematic. But my my question is this. If CCA and PSA were advocating for this fishery, then why did it take public pressure to open it the next day? And then why did it open? Okay. There's mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is none of this is conjecture on my part. This is hundred percent facts. Okay. This and, and if you thank not- you to all of you anglers out there and our friends who stepped up. Mark Spada got the word out early. Uh, Gabe Miller yep. got the word out, and the word spread fast. And, and I talked to probably 50 people that morning, and I just said, hey, there's the emails. Go find them. They're right. on their websites. Yep. And start asking questions. And and thank you, guys. You did a really nice thing for folks. And, and now there's a bunch of people up at Baker Lake yes, fishing with their kiddos, yes, catching sockeye. So, so, so two things. The department ultimately did the right thing. WDFW did the right thing and opened it up. Thank you, Director Susan, for your leadership in this issue. Because I honestly think if we didn't have a director that cared, that that there'd still be another week going on up there. But if CCA and PSA did not have our backs, why are we supporting them? There's other groups right now that are doing a better job. Sportsman's Sportsman's uh, Alliance. Sportsman's Alliance. Just just filed a lawsuit that ended up pointing out that Lorna Smith is an illegal commissioner on 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 the on the wildlife commission. Okay, you've you've got Fish Northwest that has a suit right now working its way through the Ninth Circuit that's going to definitely help out. And W4WC Wild, Wild Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation is challenging the legality of several other commissioner appointments. Okay, there's other groups you can. There's support. other groups. There there's other groups, and and in my view, you know. These these sportsmen's groups they're like politicians that aren't that don't have term limits, okay. And I think we need to seriously consider term limiting some of these guys because right now, well, now I want to back off one thing. Puget Sound anglers, there's a lot of chapter presidents, and we're going to talk to one of them next that have that do wonderful work. And there's a net, and there's Art Tatchell in the South Sound and his net pen project up there, and our friend Dave Miller in Everett with the net pen project in Everett. There's a lot of good that Puget Sound anglers does, absolutely, but. Right now, I, I'm really having a difficult time 
seeing the passionate advocacy for angler opportunity in their works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at there. All right. Right now we got a seven day week fishery in the ocean. We cracked it open and a little more halibut. Dave Johnson, Kitsap Marina, joining us next here in the outdoor line. South Sports Station seven ten, Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by BOMAC here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Kitsap Marina is the website of our next guest, none other than the Trout Whisperer himself, Dave Johnson. Good morning, Dave Good Johnson. morning, Dave. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning, buddy? I am just great, guys. Tell us about the motion on the ocean with regard to Chinook before we get into Well, it. yesterday I was getting lots of texts while I was at work from all my friends out on the ocean from Westport to Nia Bay with pictures of huge kings. <laughs> you know how it is. It's just like when you and Joey send me pictures. <laughs> That's no fair. When when Dave's at work and, and we're sitting in the studio at work and you guys are killing us with pictures. That's what it's doing, dude. But, you it, you know, it's like a bullet, it, man. It's, it hurts. it's great to see. It, it is. 100%. It just makes us all happy. The Spring Creek Hatchery run that's coming into the Columbia River is going to be a record run, I predict, like it was last year. I think we underpredicted the run out on the ocean, and people just need to get out there and go catch their fish because they're out there to be caught, and they're big, beautiful fish. Well, and and talking to Mikey Lawrence yesterday you know, at Nia Bay, they run Big Salmon Resort out there, just an absolute fixture out on the point of the coast there. Um, you know, and, and Mikey goes, you guys got to get out here. You guys got to get out here. And now with a two fish limit at Nia Bay and La Push, I mean, dude, I, I, I'm struggling to look back in some of the creel counts and see better catch rates in the ocean, Dave. This is a special season. Right. This is a special season. Out front. Yes, it is. It's and last year was also sure. Um, you know, we, we went a little conservative on the opening so I could figure out what was going on there. You know, last year we had that anomaly with all them little black mouth at water in the mouth. And, and this year they weren't there, so it was back to normal. And, uh, you know, we we just need to get out and support those coastal communities and go go out and enjoy our beautiful coast. And well, that's one, one of the most important aspects right there is the amount. You I mean, you look at the lowly razor clam. The, the economic impact yeah, the of razor of clams on the coast in the winter is amazing. Summertime Chinook, are you kidding me, dude? And with it, that that extra fish makes it really it does. nice. It's now, not very often anymore that we get to keep two Chinook. But it's so right. so important for Nia Bay and La Push and the, our friends at Westport, Milwaukee. You know, the, it, it, it's no secret that these three months of the year, Dave, are when all these communities make the money that gets them through the winter. Correct. Yep. Oh, my boat's up there on D Dock. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's kind of go through r- real, real briefly. If, okay, so your 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 boat is in Nia Bay right now, right? So 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 what is what's your game plan? If you're heading out there in the morning, knowing you, you are heading out there in the morning. You're going to get on the information network. You're going to come up with a game plan. Wh- what in your mind's eye is your game plan? How far would you go out, and what's going to be uh, down at the end of those downriggers when you get there? Early in the season, I love fishing the beach. Gotcha. Um, the, there's lots of candlefish, and there are actually little small smelt in them. Um, and they've got two ways to go, straight up or straight out, <laughs> and they really fight well. Guys are doing well between water and mushroom, um, 80 to 100 feet of water. We're fishing a little bit tighter down towards Shy Shy, Spike, Father and Son, so on down the coast. 
Um, sometimes run 15, 18 feet of water or tight to the rocks. Um, and then I ran out to the bread line last weekend and we got some really nice fish out there and that's, um, a good sign. Had a bunch of buddies that fish Swiftsure. There's a lot of fish out there and a lot of black cod. So, yeah. um, when the currents slow down, you got to move and get out of the black cod so you can find some salmon. So when you're in tight on the beach, uh, are, are you running? You run a shotgun rod with a sinker out the back, in addition to downriggers. How far do you clip in? So you know, do you get the gear away from the boat? I mean, there's a couple special techniques that you need to succeed to, when you're targeting big kings in shallow water. Yeah, in, in the beach, tight. If I'm most of the time, I am using downriggers, and we'll put it back fifty, sixty feet behind gotcha. the boat. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of short leaders and I troll fast. Um, <laughs> I've always trolled fast. Um, I just, I like that action. I've, the hookup ratio is really quick and good. Um, it's just, it's a fun fishery on the beach, but I troll, you know, three, two, three, four. Gotcha. Wow. Always with the current. Yes. You never go with the tides. You always go by currents out in the ocean and the straits. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But okay. if I have a third guy, yeah, we'll run a shotgun rod. We did that last weekend, and it didn't do too well, but the downriggers did. So, what is fifty feet behind the downrigger? Is are you are you using are you using herring? We're are you using, using coho killers. Okay, gotcha. two and a half inch silver horde spoons. Gotcha. Uh, white needle fish, okay. um, ace high fly, okay. just to match that hatch because there's literally two uh-huh. handfuls in each one of these fish. A little tiny two inch. Two and a half know, inch candle fish. Joey Pyburn used to love you when you used to fish bait. Well, listen, uh, well. I will be meeting Dave today on my way back from Westport because he yeah. called me and he wants a case of anchovies, which is the perfect bait to run out there if you're trying right. to match that little hatch. Um, and we Dave's all know been that. Out of anchovies. Yeah. Well, and, and I've been out of them, Dave, or you would have had them sooner. But, I know. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the trolling fast thing. We are fishing on much more aggressive, still feeding Chinook. Great point. Crank it up, man, because yeah. they will yeah. they will yep. come and get it. Now, as we move into Puget Sound, you know, and those fish get staging, we have to slow it down a little bit. Sometimes we speed it up. You know, they get they just get weird in here. But these fish out on the coast right now are hot. Correct. Yeah. I, I I'm you know the trollers do it for a living, and they're at four miles an hour. They're yeah. cruising. I, yep. I honestly think you can't troll too fast for them in, in, in the ocean. But and it's funner when oh, your rod is. blows yes. up because you're doing three and a half yeah. miles an hour and that Chinook hits it doing 23 miles an hour. Um, they, they can swim a lot faster than four miles an hour, I promise you that. So, oh, yeah. So we also have some pretty cool news on the halibut front. What's going on yes. there? So this, we've had a few conference calls and stuff for meetings um you know we did not get close to our quota this year um on the normal seasons that were scheduled so wdfw will be announcing hopefully soon um the halibut reopening and i've been working on this for i don't know five years four or five years and i am ecstatic to announce that the annual limit for halibut will be raised to six fish starting August 17th. Nice. Hmm. Um, guys that have four fish already punched will be able to get a free supplemental CRC card with two lines on it starting hopefully the first week of August. 
and the guys that don't have four fish can still go in and get their free punch card. Um, and it's going to be open on August 17th through the September 30th or when the quota is caught seven days a week in areas three, four, five through 10. Um, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys to go out, smaller boats, better weather, and go catch your halibut. And for the guys that have already caught four fish, you know, have at it and go catch another two nice fish. In addition, Columbia River and South Coast areas one and two are going to be open Saturday, yep. Saturday and Sunday, August 26th and 27th. Uh, open Friday and Saturday, September 8th and 9th. In addition, um, this is it's just wonderful because like Dave just said, so basically from La Push all the way into Area 10, it's going to be open for halibut seven days a week, August 17th through September 30th, or until the Washington quota gets sucked up. So those of you that are sitting at home with four halibut punch cards thinking, ah, sitting back in your razor club, you get to work. Yeah. You get back out there. <laughs> Uncle Ray, you, yeah. <laughs> he was already griping. He wished they had, he had a couple more punches because he punched out early. So I know he will be happy to hear you this. You butt fishermen, get back out there and go get some more white meat. No question about it. Dave Johnson, yeah. Kitsap Marina, you uh, let, let me know how, how things are going and say hi to Mikey Boo Lawrence out there at uh, Nia Bay for me, dude. We'll do, buddy. All right. You guys have a great day. Oh, hey, before we let you go, Kits, kitsatmarina.com. What, uh, what, what do guys need to know about uh, at kitsatmarina.com these days? You know, we've got kicker motors. I've actually got a couple large motors, both in Yamaha and Suzuki, and uh, got some motors for repowers and a lot of kickers. So come on in. Love it. Thanks, right. Dave. Good luck. Thanks for jumping in today, buddy. Take care. Have a great right, weekend. Guys. Later, Thanks, you, man. Bye. All right. Coming up next, Raymarine Picks of the Week here for the second week of July. And we got some picks for you, gang. Stay tuned. Right back here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Raymarine wants to extend. Extension of the full throttle savings event. All rebates now accept until August 9th, where you can capture up to $2,500 of eligible products, and that's at raymarine.com. We were uh, we were staring in the Raymarine, watching crab pots come up, watching crab pots go down, watching watching, toilet. watching sublegal crab and females go back down. It's funny when we're watching, you're watching, chucking them back out and you can see them watching <laughs> toilet going bait, down, watching toilet bait, Chinook not bite. Yeah, all that stuff, dude. I mean, that's what's so cool about that ocean experience and how it contrasts to Puget Sound. You know, I mean, you commented on it in, 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 in you know, up in, in, in Sitka, for for example, where you see fish actually climbing. Streaking up Streaking up to, the up to see your gear, and they're, from, and they're from so aggressive. From 30, 40 feet below yeah. the gear, which the, is cool to know that those Chinook, you know, you think, oh, Chinook's down on the bottom, we're fishing mid-channel. Yeah. Those Chinook can see way i mean they're, they're oh, yeah. they can see way up there they can feel that stuff up there and to be able to watch them on the finder and you, you can see your gear at 30 and they're down at 60 or 70 and here they come yeah. and they're just charging for the gear and then <laughs> stuff blows up and that's what's happening out on the coast right now for sure um you know checking in with i talked to mikey lawrence out there at big salmon and we're gonna have, we're gonna have mikey on the show mikey if you're listening okay buddy here we need you on the show we need you on the week. show um like Dave mentioned, spike rock in tight yeah. on the rocks yeah. in shallow water, which you know Dave said it. It's there's just something about catching chinook in shallow off water. Off the cracks in the rocks, off the kelp. Yeah, I'll um, never get first tired thing of in the morning. Uh, Swiftsure's been obviously kicking out fish. Skagway. Now, Mikey called. He wants 
small baits. Yeah. He needs small baits, yeah. so we'll get him a bunch of bait out there this next week. Red, little reds, mm-hmm. they're running them in helmets, or they're, or they're cut plugging them even, running on the rocks. We still got bait on the boat in the freezer, don't we? Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, <laughs> show the sidebar. Two, yeah. There's green and blue, I think, in there. Um, we, we used all the reds yesterday? We did. Okay. All Sorry. Right. All right. Um, I'll get by somehow. So running smaller baits out there has been the key. And, and, and obviously, they're feeding on little tiny stuff, downsize. If you're running spoons, you can run smaller spoons. Um, but he, he said pretty much anywhere on the rocks, man, get in tight. Those Chinook are right on the rocks pushing the bait. Uh, checked in with Todd Daniels from Tall Tale Guide Service. Hadn't talked to Todd for a while. Is he down the Cowlitz? He's on the Cowlitz. And he said, man, there's, the fish are here. You know, the water's at 2,400 CFS. It's low, no. low. He said, so you're going to have to work for him, but, you know, you're catching summer run, lightning bolt, steelhead. He said, it's it's a blast. Be careful <laughs> if you're running around the river, though. He said, it's low, and you're, yeah. you'll are you blow up your yeah. your shoe on your pump real so, easy. So, you know, you, you go from Puget Sound rivers that are that are highly, you know, have smaller rocks and are fairly silty and stuff like that. And then you take the other extreme, you go to Idaho where there's just tin can openers down mm-hmm. there. The Cowlitz can be somewhere in between that. There's boulders down there that, that will knock the shoe off your pump. Yes. It's just, so be careful. Interesting from Todd. Um, he said his, his buddy John and John John's buddy, they go up to Reader and it's low. It's low. They can yeah. see, they see a couple steelhead laying right down below the hatchery creek. John gets one on a nightmare jig. Nice. His buddy gets the other one on a spoon. And I said, I said, Todd, your buddy's just caught the last two hatchery steelhead in the Skykomish, man. But no, so there's there's some steelhead around yeah. up on the sky. So, you know, maybe you don't have to travel all the way down to the, the Cowlitz. Go go jump on the sky. So, but there's not a lot of people up there with the restrictions now. No bait. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do so. they, they eat jigs. I, I absolutely promise no, they you. Eat they, jigs, they, they eat jigs. They eat spoons. Yeah. And a little, little, probably a little too low and clear for, for pink worms. Um, again, got Baker Lake. Dude, I, I it one of the reasons that, that we pushed so hard to get this open is that every day those sockeyes are in the lake, they're less likely to bite. Yeah, they'll they become, be snappy right now. They become, yes, they Very will snappy. be. And through the month. Yeah. Through the month. But, uh, you know, weeks of opportunity are not to be taken lightly in this day of, in an age of, of unfair fish management. Okay. Sure. So so I, I'm so happy that uh, that that's open. And thanks to everybody that uh, that weighed in and, and got this fish. Another right. interesting point. So I talked to Kerry Hoffman yesterday. Oh, yeah. So Kerry's guys, he's kind of bouncing back and forth from Puget Sound down to the Cowlitz also. But he's got one of his other guys working on Puget Sound every day. So 13 days straight, he's limited the boat, all mooching little herring that's out cool. there for yeah. the resident resis. That's, so, a, that's a lot of fun. So, and, I mean, that fishery has not slowed down at all. Although yesterday, the the the, the low-pressure system that came through, that, that, that marine layer that came in, Kind of it slowed it, it slowed things and down. I think that's what did it to us at For the sure. bubble. I want to sure. blame. I mean, I'm blaming something. Yeah, other than us. Yeah, probably. it was the low pressure. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Uh, it, it, so also those of you that haven't been out crabbing, get out and drop your gear. Okay, and again, you know we we keep getting derelict gear on our gear. Right, mm-hmm. and yesterday. 
Yesterday two, we two unweighted yeah, pots. Two okay. unweighted pots, and it, one of them had been down since last year. the 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 float was like yeah crushed from mm-hmm. the you know being down so deep. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. We need to do a better job, guys. Nobody wants to put crab gear out and lose it. One of those pots had a two and a half pound yeah. weight, like a <laughs> you'd put on your yeah, you know, dumbbell yeah. set. Exactly, it's exactly two and a half pounds. Yeah. You might as well not put that. You're just going to, now you're just losing that too. Think about, think about 10 pounds. Game. 10 pounds in those about little light pounds. pots. And, and then the problem with using mild iron in your pot is that it rusts. When it rusts, it's losing electrons. When it loses electrons, it puts a charge in there. If you look at your crab, you look really, really closely. It's not just a crab shell on the underside, dude. There's hairs in, under there mm-hmm. that sense minute voltage gradients in the marine environment. And that's one of the ways they locate food is because everything that lives on it throws out kind of a little different voltage. And that's how crabs sense things and find things and eat them and hear and everything else. So if you got something actively rusting in your crab pot, that gear is not going to fish. There's one thing you noticed with all those crab pots I set up. What's in there? Zincs. Nice, Brand fresh, new zincs. shiny zincs. Well, they're not shiny anymore. Our pots fished. Like every, every single, single pot fished, and we pulled them up, and, you know, there's a few soft crab out there, so be conscious of that, guys. Don't be bringing any soft crab back. You'll get a ticket. But a lot of big, we had some that, I don't know, seven-inch big well, purple-backed monsters. A couple were bigger than the outside of the calipers yeah. we measure them. Yeah. And, and, okay, now some of that's due to the fact that we're fishing tuna from Westport that I vacuum-packed and prepared food-grade their heads, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, tuna heads. Tuna heads should be out. Okay, so so uh, Washington Straits Commission, if you're looking to outlaw crabbing stuff, you should start with tuna heads. <laughs> <laughs> outlaw tuna heads. But they're, you're, you're, the key to our success is the bait, the pots. Yeah. That are zinc properly, weighted properly, and then we're soaking our pots for over 24 hours. Yeah, and that's, and, that's, that's one of the biggest, the absolute, the amount of crab, you know, there's first, let, let's go back to, to the Buchanan theorem, which is the amount of crab in your, the, the amount of time crab will spend in your pot is a function of the distance between the gate and the bait, okay? Mm-hmm. That's number one, but you cannot overemphasize the importance of soak time, Okay. And, and when you have good bait in the pot and you armor the bait, which means you put your bait, every single bait, I don't care what it is, needs to be in a bag. Those tough bait bags yep. that, that Bomac makes, mesh bait bags, and then that bag needs to go in a metal cage. Because if you don't do that, they get in there they're, and, and they're going to eat your bait. Yes. And you know what I noticed? One of the pots we pulled did not have one of those red Bomac bags. We find We found... You know, we pull up some derelict gear and, and it had a bag in it. We're like, oh, well, we're keeping that bag, you know. That's a good little mesh yeah. bag. But it was like more of a cottony yeah, it was material. Junk. It was junk. And it, it was black. And when I took it out of there, the crab had ripped like <laughs> sh- ripped it to they shreds do. and got the bait. <laughs> so think if you don't have one of those bags, the amount of time you're going to have bait in your pot yeah, is very yeah. not very long. So, so, so. Yeah, so S S sub A, okay? Soak time sub A is is the amount of bait, soak time where you have effective bait in that pot, right? Yep. And by armoring your bait, that's most effective. I want to go back to this anode concept just a little bit because we used, and I got a text toy here from the 425. Um, 
and 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 it's okay and tell me tell us more about zincs and anodes and stuff like it look every piece of underwater metal you have whether it's on your boat or whether it's a crab gear has a charge around it because salt water is such a strong electrolyte and, and it induces flows of electrons which by definition is electricity mm-hmm. okay so we kind of had uh i i watch my zincs on my boat assiduously and as a boat ages it uses more zinc. Okay, brand new shiny aluminum boats, right? At first, they're going to, you know, they kind of get dull. They get a little cloudy. They get a little dull looking. and they'll get a kind of a shell on outside. So initially, you're going to see zinc and then you're going to see your zinc uh, use decrease a little bit. But you got to keep an eye on it, okay? With crab pots, it's the same thing. Go look at every episode of Deadliest Catch you've ever seen. Go look, go take a drive in Ballard where all the deadliest catch guys have their crab gear and look at a shiny brand new pot zincs on every one of those pots. Why? Again, Dave Johnson alluded to it in his interview. You look at how the pros are doing it. Look how fast the pros, the the, the, the commercial trollers are trolling out in the ocean. Now, they troll four knots. Mm-hmm. You think it's too fast? Okay. Well, you also look at how the how the pros doing it, how the, how the professional crabbers doing it, and they have shiny pot zinks and, and you it could be as simple as your crab gear as going down to harbor marine and grabbing a rudder disc zinc and mashing that thing together on the mesh of your pot and tightening it down bam you just added a zinc to your pot now let's talk about the hull of your boat i'm pulling my boat ahead of the area nine opener pulling on a pull it monday at the port Everett. okay things going home and it's going to get pressure washed and I pressure wash the hull, but I tear those zincs, a new one with a, a fine mist, not the not the water laser, but just the yeah. first one open, yeah. like a 10-degree or 50-degree nozzle. You're basically trying to take that outer layer off and, and get exactly. those things fresh exactly. and working properly. because They they insulate they, themselves because yeah. there's there's an oxidi- oxidization on the outside, it's that, it's, it, and, and that will prevent that zinc from working correctly. And so you need to take that off with a pressure washer. Do not... Upon the pain of death, take a wire brush to your zinc. If you do use a metal brush on your zinc, you will mollify or essentially kill the zinc because of the other iron and other particles you're taking off with that. The only way to to really clean a zinc is take a pressure washer to it. Now, look at the look at the erosion of your zincs. If they're seventy five percent, if they're more than twenty five percent eroded. Yeah. Get them gone. Yeah, I mean, Get them they, gone. they're basically being eaten. Yes. They'll end up with big holes and, and missing parts. And and look, it's a, you know, it's a pretty inexpensive thing to put on your boat that's going to make a huge difference. Why does it make fishing? a huge difference? Because it takes all the weird electrical impulses from your boat and the zinc will will erode and send all of those things on their way. Now, I say zinc. But here, here in Puget Sound, either aluminum anodes or zinc anodes are completely appropriate in, in, in these salinity conditions. Zincs are there to protect your boat's underwater metals. But the underrated aspect of those anodes is to make your crab gear more fishy and your boat more fishy. And I dem- demonstrated it to myself over and over and over. And if you think it doesn't matter... Even though you're using braid on your downrigger wire, I know there's some people screaming at your radio right now, okay? It doesn't matter as much, but it still makes a difference, especially when we're going to be coming in pretty shortly here to coho season where you're going to be fishing closer to the boat, you know, because the boat's going to be shallower right there. 
you don't want fish getting pushed away from your boat because your boat has a weird, funky electrical deal. And we, you and I have heard this many, many times from, from anglers yeah. over the years. My boat just my doesn't boat fish. Just, it doesn't fish. I go out with my buddy fish. and yeah. we catch all these fish. I go out and do the same thing and I don't catch fish. And it's like, well, there's, you, got, you got a problem there. Yeah. And, and it's probably something like that. Your zincs, you got to fix, you maybe got something funky electrically going on on your boat. Yeah. That, that will definitely turn off the fish. And that's one more, one more reason why when you look at my Raymarine on the dash, right in the middle of the gauge cluster is what? My incoming voltage. Mm-hmm. You need to watch your voltage on your boat like an absolute hawk. And if you, you got something on your boat where your boat's starting to dump voltage, okay, go, go to theoutdoorline.com, look at the blog I wrote in May. And, and just, you know, more power to you, the whole the 12-volt I- issue these days on boats. You need to go through your grounds. You need to clean things up because those two things, if, you, if your boat's fishing right electrically, you're Why your- do new boats fish, typically new boats fish really well? Because everything is new and grounded you, and, and working. And as Absolute your boat bingo. gets older, these things are going to start to fail and you need to be on top of it. One of the toughest things to do on any type of boat is maintain the electrical system. Yes. And and 9 times out of 10, it's the it's the ground side that goes, right? The the the, the positive side will absolutely turn green, yeah, but you need to make sure you're grounded. And yep. that's that's an absolute key. All right, enough of that. Let's 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 talk a little bit more fishing. You talk about bucket lists. I mean, the Queen Charlotte's. I wanted to go to the Queen Charlotte's. It's just absolutely an amazing location. We've got a wonderful relationship with the folks at Peregrine Lodge, and, and you know, can't wait to get back there. It's you know, Brock Heward, Dave Wyman came with us on that trip, and it's just absolutely amazing. We now have an opportunity to go to Rivers Inlet in July, and so it, there's there's a brand new lodge out there. It's called Finn Bay Lodge, and Mick Heath is going to join us next to talk about that. Uh, our dear friend Austin Mosier has got it going on on the sockeye front again. The sockeye. Coming over Bonneville has busted the forecast and gone over. There's something really cool going on with sockeye right now in the ocean. We're seeing it in Baker Lake. We're also seeing it down down in the down the Columbia too. Uh, and then, so Austin Moser is going to jump in on that. Northwest Outdoor Report brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Roy Robinson's really where. Stay tuned. Jam packed hour two coming at you right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station seven ten. Seattle Sports app.